Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Auckland Unitarian Church this bright morning. Welcome to those of you who are in the building here, including one or two visitors. Nice to see you. Though some of us have things to celebrate today, others have pain and grief. Some of our members have serious illness, poverty, troubles in our families, responsibilities that overwhelm us at times. But let this candle be a sign that we are together in all this mess. Not only us, but the whole human race that we share our life with. We all belong together. And I invite you to uh, join in the words of the covenant. Love is the doctrine of this church. The quest for truth is the sacrament and service is its prayer. To dwell together in peace, to seek knowledge in freedom, to serve humankind in fellowship, to the end that all souls shall grow in harmony. Thus do we covenant with each other. Now, for the sermon I was originally planning, uh, it would have required a reading which was um, from the prophet Isaiah about people laying down their weapons. That went with, uh, I'm going to give you a short version of this, even though I wouldn't want to put you through the long version. Um, the, the Russian invasion of, um, uh, um, my mind's gone blank, um, yeah, of Ukraine um, is escalating this week. And um, there's now the, the um, Ukrainians are trying to get more tanks being supplied from Europe. Russia has warned that this will be seen as an escalation, but it's a scary scene and reminded me of a, an incredibly um, thought-provoking movie I saw many years ago called The uh, 25th Hour. And in that story, it is about World War II and the eyes of a Romanian peasant. And it is absolutely horrific and at times even funny. Um, and I could not actually get myself to write a brief summary, but I'll give you a very brief summary that he... Uh, he ends up being thrown in a concentration camp because the local police chief um, uh, wants to have an affair with his wife. He gets um, freed by, he gets accused of being a Jew, um, and that's why he's supposed to be in the camp. He was not a Jew. He ended up um, being rescued by the Jews and ended up in turn being interned in, in by mistake into about six concentration camps. And that, that's the real horror of the story. We think of Hitler and his concentration camps as the worst. The Russians were um, coming a close second. There were other countries who, who got undesirables and sent them to the Germans to put in their camps, sent them to the Russians. It was an appalling story. And, um, and I just couldn't, and yet there was humor. And I couldn't, um, I, I couldn't um, get myself to tell the story. I, I tried for about a day or two. And, um, and so um, it's still a theme. It's still on my on my mind that the war in Russia, uh, in, in Ukraine, could be another chapter of what was going on in the Second World War. Well, when I realised I um, would not speak on that subject um, uh, without getting into deep trouble, um, I cast my mind about thinking what else on earth can I um, uh, talk about, and I spent several days looking at the Christian lectionary and every text that they had was dead boring. And then suddenly my bacon was saved by Jacinda Radun deciding to um, 
resigned from the um, being prime minister. And suddenly I thought, how can I talk about anything else? On the other hand, once I decided that was my subject, I had to think, well, um, how can I say something you haven't heard already? If you've been watching the newspapers, you'll have had a fair idea of it. But there was uh, one point of view you have not yet heard. And that is, we haven't heard what each other think. We are members of a group that care about world um, affairs and, and national affairs. I would be very much interested to hear what you have to say on this subject. And my job then becomes much easier because I'm just going to open up um, and say, these are issues that have been raised. What do you think? And when I got onto that frame of mind, uh, I had actually no trouble, whatever. I went through all the um, papers I could find and overseas papers and um, came up with a list of concerns. And there were some that really stood out. Um, the first one that stood out for me was in yesterday's Weekend Herald. It had an editorial that was entitled the Crucifixion of Jacinda Ardern. Now, did any of you read that? I think it was one of the best editorials I've read. And it really um, was, was horrific. The things, that, the bullying that it said Jacinda went through over the last year or two. And without saying so many words, it, it appears to be that is the reason um, why she resigned, that she could not handle the, the negative flack that kept coming her way. And the article said it's ironic that Jacinda, who was the one who first recognized uh, or, not, or first made a big issue of the harm done by social media in blowing up um, evil for the Muslims in New Zealand, was now a victim of the same wars herself. And the article did not actually name those, it's believed responsible, but it's the, um, it's the worst sections of the media and the worst sections of New Zealand who picked up the negative mood. Um, that you can so easily switch on with social media. There's some very positive um, words also in this editorial. Um, the main accusation is a quote from Helen Clark. She wrote, the pressures on prime ministers are always great, but in this area of social media, clickbait and 24-7 media cycles, Jacinda has faced a level of vitriol which in my experience is unprecedented in this country. So Helen Clark has given us food for thought and some of us have become um, negative. I remember a, um, a media um, discussion that was, I was having on my Facebook page and I said, this government is just not listening to the people uh, in another context altogether. And a member of my family said, yes, let's get rid of them. And she got stuck into the center. And I was horrified that I had actually started this unfair attack um, just by uh, I disagreed with one thing that Jacinda had done um, the, uh, this other person was throwing, throwing um, bricks at her and I was shocked and I would say yes it's true that this is, is a factor I believe it is after Jacinda started off her leadership five years ago she had a period of charismatic leadership when it seemed she could hardly do anything wrong uh, over the Christchurch mosque attacks, over COVID, over the White Iron Volcano. And there was a time that when that suddenly changed, when it didn't suddenly change, it gradually changed. I think when it really became nasty was when we had that group um, barricading parliament. And here there was not only a hatred of, um, of the government, but a hatred of almost anybody um, 
it was uh, a very unpleasant side of New Zealand life. A section of the public has has got tired of it, and I think the other main cause has been the uh, the fact that while Labour's first moves to contain COVID um, were very popular and very effective. Uh, later on, it became much more con uh, controversial. People were just getting sick of COVID. Um, people were getting sick of support for other groups that not for them. And that was the move that led to Jacinda saying she did not have enough fuel in the tank to fight another election. But I must admit, I hadn't appreciated just how big a part these attacks had played um, until I read that article in the Herald yesterday. The article also quotes Sam Neill in saying, the attacks on, on Ardern are getting into a disgraceful and embarrassing pile on by bullies, misogynists, and the aggrieved. And, and gender stereotyping became a, a, a very ugly part of this whole, whole episode. So my sympathy is totally with Jacinda in her uh, resigning. She is a, a politician. I, I must admit, I never became a total fan of her. Um, I, would, I would not rate her 10 out of 10. Several of her policies seem rigid to me. Sometimes she seemed to be manipulating the news. Um, but I agree that history will rate her as one of the best prime ministers New Zealand has had. And so for her, when she's leaving, um, it should not be seen as a sign of failure, but a sign of a job well done and the baton effectively passed to members of her party. They will probably remain on the same track. So I don't think it's going to look like a loss. Um, I think she will come out of it looking like a great politician. But the second question that leads to, oh, I'd, I'd be appreciate your opinion on that, was um, that this vitriol against um, Jacinda, the reason that she left. The second question I'd, I'd raise is to me and probably uh, everybody in one way or another, what policies will you be looking for in this next election? Now, we've, in effect, we've got the first shot in our, um, in our election campaign fired already. Um, what would you like to see from your party or from other parties? What, part, what policies would you support? And I had no trouble uh, finding my own selection. Um, and I'm sure you won't be discuss, uh, confining your discussion to them. At the top of my list would be action against global warming. I've um, taken, I think, two or three um, uh, talks about that already over the last year. And I would just say what my list of things are that I myself am trying to work as hard as I can for global warming. Uh, just in the last week, I added two things to my um, campaign. I bought a new um, low fuel car and I bought uh, another low-carbon diet that I never tasted before and will now be cooking once a week. Um, also on my policy list, one comes from Jacinda. Her, uh, her strategy of being kind to one's opposition and to people you disagree with. I think that was a, a marvellous lead and I hope the, um, uh, any new government, both, both maiden parties and, and the minor parties, I hope they will learn that lesson. A third thing is not so obvious, but if you think about it, I think it's time we looked at capital gains tax. When Labour first got into power, um, one of my favourite policies was um, capital gains tax. I thought it was fair. Uh, I thought it would help to stop inflation. Uh, and then uh, Jacinda, I, th I thought was the biggest mistake she ever made, was to promise never to do it again. Um, it made sense 
when she had to, uh, to keep uh, Winston Peters happy uh, to say, uh, now is not the time to do this, but to say it would never happen so long as she is um, in the head of the Labour Party, which I think a very bad move, but it raises the obvious question, why not do it now? So um, I, I know there are arguments against it. Um, some people said the main purpose of doing it was to bring down um, house prices and um, house prices are already coming down without its help. But I think there are still other reasons for having capital gains tax. It's fairer. Capital gains taxes help rich, pe uh, uh, capital gains help rich people and hurt poor people. Anyway, that's um, gone on a bit too long on that one. The poverty gap is too wide. Services such as the health system are seriously short of staff. And issues which um, the opposition has been making more capital on than Labour, uh, teenage crime. National is rightly going to make an issue of that. Um, I believe the new Labour government will, um, will fail dismally if they don't um, make a big issue of it as well and, and beat them. And I note that um, Chris Hipkins, in one of the studies um, he did in his university studies, was to become an expert on, uh, on, on crime. I can't remember the aspect of crime, but he has um, professional um, skills in this department. I hope he will use them. And lastly, I'd say the COVID crisis is not over. Um, many people uh, are getting bored right now, but hundreds of people are still dying because of it, and new mutations are likely to come our way. Um, I note that in, in this church here, we have people who are not scared of COVID and they're not wearing masks. Um, I'm still scared enough to do it. Um, and I think we still need to be careful and um, it shouldn't turn the issue off completely. Well, that's my wish list. And I hope you will have a wish list that you could um, uh, say these are my top priorities. My, th my third question is how would you rate Chris Hipkins as a potential prime minister? What do you see as his strengths and weaknesses? Um, I have got some personal experience of this because I've been lobbying uh, with all politicians, um, all political parties in the last 12 years about religion and schools. And some of them were very unfriendly and some were very friendly. And Chris Hipkins uh, is one of the friendliest. This was about six years ago. He, just, he, did, um, he had not long been um, um, in, in, in this, um, in this issue. And I, I said, could I come and have a talk with you sometime next time you're in Auckland? He said, yes. And he, um, it was only about a week or two later and he spent a half an hour with me in the cafe in um, K Road. Uh, ask, and I, I could say whatever I liked. He didn't hurry me. Um, he was a very good listener. And uh, two or three other times I've um, written letters to him um, complaining about something or other. And yes, every, every time has replied um, promptly and seriously, and, and he's taken my, my comments seriously. I'm sure he's all, has already done that. Um, another thing which not many people noticed um, was when, when the education and training bill came in two years ago, um, um, the, the final reading of it, but we went to, to the middle of the night, and because I was so interested in the clauses that dealt with uh, religion and schools, I sat through to the bitter end, and um, Chris Hipkins uh, was chairing this meeting and he spent about five minutes of his speech praising um, 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 who's the Labour, former Labour member of, uh, national member of for Auckland, um, Nicky Kay. He spent his time, a large amount of his time praising an opposition member. 
and saying what a great job he's done as national spokesperson. And I could hardly believe my eye. He just went on and said she, she's sure she will do something, uh, do well, or whatever she goes to. The occasion of this was that she had just been caught up in national leadership struggles and had given up politics. Um, and I felt it was a great loss. I, I invited Nikki to speak here. That's what I thought of her. Now, not everybody agreed to me doing that. But the fact that there are such politicians as Chris Hipkins um, who can praise uh, the opposition and in, in the hill, same hill that I referred to, um, uh, Nikki Kay is giving praise for, for Hipkins. So there are two people from opposite parties who have the highest regard for each other. I think that's a very good uh, role model, and that's a, a plus in Chris Hipkins' side. But um, on another aspect, which I've also had experience of, I'm disappointed that Chris Hipkins um, decided to, uh, uh, three years ago, he, he announced that the, uh, he wanted a discussion to take place uh, with the idea of um, stopping um, Bible in schools, uh, exclusively Christian classes in state schools, and replacing them with schools uh, about other religions. And um, those of you who have been here regularly will know that, that issue. Um, but I, he, he dropped that. The, the, uh, the report on this change in schools um, came out two months ago, and the idea of getting rid of biased Christian education uh, was still there. So what, you can understand it. Uh, it's not, not a popular issue. He doesn't want to raise um, uh, so many issues. Every, every politician has to drop some. But I felt let down, and I felt that he is um, a little too eager at some times to please the majority in some moments. Um, and I think the same applies to, to Jacinda. I think they, they tend to be opportunistic, and, um, and I was disappointed. But um, uh, that's uh, one negative in what's largely a positive views I have about him. Uh, my fourth question, if Hipkins becomes prime minister, well, it's no longer an if now, it's a, it's a, a will do. Um, will it prove Labour's chances at the election? And <clears throat> I think it will. Um, um, the national leader has said it's just going to be the same fight over it again. Um, but um, Jacinda was running out of steam and, uh, and Hipkins is in his prime. So I think he is, he'll be very, um, I mean, he has a perfect opportunity to, to improve her weak spots, to emphasize the good parts of what was successful. Uh, he would have to be pretty um, dumb not to um, seize an opportunity and gain some, and, and he's, no way has he done. So I, I think it will, he will, um, but, um, but um, that's not to say I think uh, Labour will necessarily win, but I think he will be he will be a big positive. And it was also a positive that the Labour Party managed to change its um, leaders um, without any blood on the carpet, whatever. When you look at the, um, um, the, the National Party over the last couple of years, I, I think they've been through about four or five different uh, spokespersons. And the Labour Party has changed all the uh, leaders twice over that period, and both were completely bloodless. Uh, Andrew Little resigned and Jacinda stepped in uh, five years ago, and now um, they've done another swap um, with hardly, with so little blood on the carpet, we don't actually know what their discussion was at all. So um, I would say that he is likely to improve things 
with it here on Rivet enough is another question. And <clears throat> the other question is the only question I can think of apart from that is who should Labour pick as Deputy Prime Minister? And um, when I first heard the list of potential candidates, I thought Kerry Allen seemed to have some obvious advantages. Uh, she is a woman, she's a Maori, she is um, a, still a, a reasonable amount of experience. In, uh, but I, I myself still thought I would have preferred um, Grant Robertson as my pick for deputy. But as the Herald said, it would be bad to have two male politicians from Wellington in the top team. And I noticed that last night, um, one news and news hub were both suggesting Camel Cipollone. And I couldn't figure out, I knew she had some um, Polynesian blood in her, but I wasn't sure what kind of. And um, looking up, I see that she is uh, partly Samoan, partly Tongan, and partly New Zealand uh, European. And she lives in Auckland. So um, I, I can see her being elected. I don't know enough about her to say whether she's going to be good or not. So the Labour caucus is expecting to be wrestling with these issues in about an hour's time, or about two hours' time. So in the meantime, to me, the big issue is um, what do Auckland Unitarians think? Um, you know, I'd, I'd appreciate your ideas on these subjects and, and any others that you would like to bring up 